Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast recording. My name is Vladimir. I'm recording this in my hometown, Kosice, Slovakia. Today is Tuesday. I'm not sure which date it is. Well, it's October, and uh, hopefully it's 2019, unless something changed. Thank you very much for tuning in. I know that I don't make this re- these, especially English recordings, often, uh, and I can't promise I will make them often, but the reason why I don't make them often is that I only make a video or write an article or make a recording when I feel like I have something to say or at least try and at least hope that the things that I say are interesting and and they are worth making a recording about. I just feel like you you cannot really push creativity and you can't push these moments when you realize something about, um, for instance, language learning or whatever it may be. You cannot push them or hurry them up to to make them appear more often. I don't think it's possible. And um, I wanted to share a little story with you that that happened to me before I get it get to the uh, the topic that I wanted to talk about. Um, a couple of years ago, I met a friend of mine who is uh, an expert in search engine optimization and an engine uh, an engine an expert in in basically making you more visible online. And we just had a friendly discussion and. I asked him, like, uh, man, you know, what do I have to do to to uh, to make my blog more visible? And I, just just as a side note, you know, my blog, my YouTube channel, and this podcast—they have always just been a hobby for me, and I never uh, never felt that I, you know, I, I wanted to make it professionally. I always felt like the main reason why why I was making uh, videos and uh, podcast recordings and articles was to connect with people from all around the world share my ideas and that was basically it like I, I really didn't look at this as a means of uh, getting famous or um, or making money and however I was like of course when I you know when I worked on an article or made a video and I saw that it did not perform as well as some of the previous things that I've been working on of course I felt a, a little bit sad I think it's normal so I talked to this friend of mine who was who was an expert in or is an expert in uh, search engine optimization and things like that. And I asked him like, "What do you people what what do people usually do when they want to make their articles or whatever they do more visible?" And he basically told me something along these lines: "Where first of all, you need to put out a lot of content. Like, make a schedule and twice a week write an article. Take your two or three best topics that you have on your blog." And then write about them as much as you can. Not very long articles, but shorter articles and on a regular basis. And then, of course, you have to do a lot of search engine optimization. You need to use a lot of keywords. You need to use pictures. You need to have a very strong, almost like a clickbaity title. And, uh, you know, I realized that I didn't want to do any of that because, well, first, like when I really thought about what he told me, he basically told me to cheat or hack the system but none of what he told me had anything to do with quality and i felt like well you know for me this is just a hobby and of course i'm sad if i can't transmit my message to a lot of people but at the same time i don't i really don't want to do what you told me to do like i can't imagine writing an article two times a week for for the next six months it's it's just not going to happen like Especially like what I'm talking about, language learning. I think that language learning is just not that difficult. I think it's very difficult to talk about language learning in a concise and simple way so that everybody understands um, what you want to say. But 
the logic or the principles of, of language learning to me are not that difficult and certainly not um, worth writing two articles per week for, for the next six months. And so, um, you know, <laughs> even though my whatever I do, like my blogs, videos, uh, or podcast recordings, they, they cannot compete with maybe fluent in three months or whoever. But at the same time, I just I just feel like, for me personally, as it as this is not my job, I feel like it's it's okay. You know, I feel like uh, sharing with just the the audience that really takes their time to listen to me and not some someone who doesn't who didn't even want to end up looking at my work in the first place. He just got there by maybe by by the uh, YouTube alg- YouTube algorithm or because of of, of, of some clickbait or whatever I, that's just not my audience anyway so I feel I feel that that's that's okay and uh, another thing that I wanted to say that if I were to write two articles per week it's like what will, will be the quality of these articles you know what I'm saying like if you if you have a blog that is constantly putting out content or you have a, a YouTube channel that's constantly constantly putting out content, Unless it's one of these really huge channels with a big team, a lot of people working, especially these interview channels that really have something new to talk about every time. I don't think the content can be any good, you know. So, like I said, you cannot push creativity. You cannot push um, invention, I think, personally. And it takes really some time for ideas to materialize. And for me personally, at least, uh, to to come up with something that I feel is worth sharing with you all. So with uh, that said, I don't know for how long I've been talking, but if you're still here, I'm happy. <laughs> and uh, um, I would like to get to the, uh, the this this idea that I had, another thing that I think is worth maybe sharing, at least from my personal uh, point of view, which is how important is sort of, it's, it's kind of I don't even know what I'm going to call this podcast to be to, like this recording, to be very honest, because... Um, it's just an idea that I had maybe two weeks ago for his pop-up. And, uh, so I, I, I didn't really have enough time to go in depth with this idea. Uh, but it, it's what I, what I want to talk about is basically tribal men- mentality and language learning. So for some time now, I've been uh, spending, uh, some really qual- very nice quality time with Brazilian Portuguese with the language. Uh, and, uh, you know, even now, if I just start talking about it, I have a smile on my face, and you will. I'll I'll tell you why I think it's important in a bit. Um, in either case, I I really like in the past couple of weeks, I spent quite a bit of time, very nice time with Brazilian Portuguese. And uh, first, I started to listen to some podcasts, but they were a little bit too maybe difficult and maybe also not very interesting for me. So I switched to uh, Brazilian talk shows. And just a side note, uh, trash TV talk shows are probably the best listening practice material ever out there because I would never, I would, I would probably be very angry at myself if I were to, to watch an hour of Slovak trash TV talk shows or American trash TV talk shows like uh, uh, Jerry Springer, for instance. Uh, but watching it in Brazilian Portuguese is just fantastic because these trash talk shows, they are designed to be captivating. Like, uh, you really want to just watch a person who had 100 uh, cosmetic surgeries done. Um, and then you are just 
and all by by listening to his to to what he has in his in his head because that's how these shows are designed they they choose the, these kind of people and uh it's interesting but i would really just like hate myself for for spending too much time doing that in slovak or english or any other language that i speak maybe well but in portuguese uh, brazilian portuguese it was just somehow a very good match because since these shows are so captivating they really make you pay attention and make you want to know what people are talking about in that show but at the same time since it's in brazilian portuguese uh, i'm doing something very productive because i'm actually learning the language so uh i spent uh the past couple of days and maybe even weeks uh watching brazilian talk shows they're not super trashy like it's maybe just the guests that i chose to to like the segments that i chose to listen to were a little bit more trashy but in general these talk shows were i think very high quality uh, in either case uh, i noticed that um just basically a couple of minutes into the talk show i started to have the subconscious smile on my face because you know the Bra brazilian people are so they smile all the time. Well, maybe not all the time, but they definitely smile more often than we Slovaks do, for instance. And they are very lively and, you know, their body language is very pleasant to watch and all that. And I really started to realize that I had I had this tendency to pick up a Brazilian Portuguese quickly. I, I wouldn't say super quickly, but just quickly. I realized that when I turned off the talk show, I had still Brazilian Portuguese going through my ears. The next morning, I was talking to myself in Brazilian Portuguese. I would even have movements, you know, and, and these small micro gestures that would resemble what I had seen on the show pop subconsciously or I had I did them subconsciously. It was all a very nice, natural process. And uh, so uh, I have been learning Mandarin Chinese for 12 years. And I had never, never, this never happened to me. Um, and it was such a striking contrast, you know, uh, for me to observe this, that, you know, I've been watching a Brazilian talk show for what, for maybe 10 minutes. And it had this effect on me. Uh, I observed this effect on me that it had, um, and we're learning Mandarin Chinese for 12 years. And I never, never felt this way. And so this is where the whole tribal mentality thing comes in. In 2016, I think it was, I was in Thessaloniki. Uh, at the Polyglot Conference, and Anthony Lauder had a, a lecture about accents and how uh, accents develop, not really developed, but how important they were in the past when we used to live in tribes and separated tribes and how the accent was something that you were identified by as a member of this or that tribe. So when someone else had come in with a different accent, he was immediately identified as someone from a different tribe and therefore people were able to tell that maybe this person is dangerous or isn't dangerous, and so on. And therefore, being able to have a correct accent, uh, or to speak with a correct accent, was almost like, it was something that would um, protect you, or put you into danger, possibly. So it was almost maybe, in some cases, a matter of life and death. So, uh, of course, humans, they have, we've been, speaking for maybe a hundred couple of hundred thousand years so this is something that is very very deeply rooted in us and uh therefore picking up accents or being able to speak in an accent is akin to or very close to something like being being able to blend in with the tribe so wearing the same clothes having the same gestures having the same accent um doing the same things having having the same customs 
and so on and so on and so on. And um, so, so similarly, when when uh, when you are in a tribe, as people try to sort of um, make the tribe more uniform, um, they also sort of sort of try to push out people that are not, or they they try to isolate them or shame them into something. Um, you know how people make fun of. Even today, we see this in in in, in our society when people make fun of you when you have different hair different clothes, you know, you, you act a little bit different. That's all going back to this tribal men- mentality um, thing. And, and bullying, by the way, is also a part of this tribal mentality when uh, bullying is basically a very ancient reflex that, we, reflex that we have to get rid of the weakest link in the, in the tribe, basically. So if you notice, only the weakest ones are bullied in classes. I mean, you never see the, the class bully being bullied or, you know, the athlete or whoever. It's usually the weakest weakest guy who's being bullied or girl um and, and this kind of struck me when i when i saw a, a short clip on youtube where there was a pack of wolves and uh, the omega wolf the weakest wolf was being attacked by by basically all wolves and they cornered him up and and he was just you know and it it looked exactly exactly like when kids bully that weak kid in in school so this was a huge tangent uh, but w- what I want to say is that we still have a lot of this tribal mentality in us. It relates to accents. It relates to language. It relates to a lot of things. And when it comes in here or where it comes in here is that I realize that um, it's also very important uh, how receptive the tribe is to you and how willing you are to identify yourself with the tribe. So to put it into something more concrete here, um, Brazilians as as people, I I am super happy to identify myself with them because they are lovely, they are smiling. I've never been to Brazil. I'm sure Brazil is full of problems. I'm sure there's a lot of terrible people in Brazil too. But in general, the feeling that I have is that Brazilians are very warm, smiley, they dance, sing, they, you know, they don't have like it's so nice to look at them when they when they just talk um and also the country is just this beautiful culture same thing um so i'm very very willing to identify myself with brazilians and brazilian culture and again like just provided i've never been to brazil uh, I have only a few brazilian friends so i'm sure that brazil has, has a whole set of set of problems and i'm sure that Maybe there is something who's living in Brazil right now. Has been living there for 15 years and hates it, and is thinking, "Oh my God, Vladimir, you have no idea what you're talking about. You would hate it. Like after a month, you would want to run away." That's all fine, but at this moment, the situation that I have, the feeling that I have in my head is, I like Brazil and I have no problem identifying myself with the culture and with the language. And on the other hand, Brazilians as a, a, a nation. They look like me, like I would pass for a Brazilian because there are so many different types of Brazilians and I would pass as a, like visually for a Brazilian. So they are also very receptive to me. So there's this mutual sort of, there's very little friction uh, both ways. So they are receptive to me and I'm very ready to identify myself with Brazil. And it's also a very attractive sort of language to me. It sounds nicely, it's just beautiful how you can enunciate the words, you know, in Brazilian Portuguese, really, really very nice. So there's mutual I wouldn't say attraction, but I'm definitely willing to identify myself with Brazil. And Brazil has no problem letting me in, so to speak. 
Now, on the other hand, if we look at Mandarin Chinese, unfortunately, in the 12 years that I've been learning Mandarin Chinese, I found very little things that I was like attracted to from, from inside that I had. I didn't have to think about why I like what I was looking at. I didn't have to sort of mm, justify to myself why I wanted to learn Mandarin Chinese. Like one of the reasons was that it's an important language. It's a difficult language. These are all reasons, but I didn't have like anything from the inside that would tell me, pull me towards uh, Mandarin Chinese or China. It's very little, literally. Like there are, even today, after I've studied Mandarin for such a long time, even now I can identify only a few things here and there that I can feel inside that just just attract me to Mandarin Chinese. Like, you know, a lot of people say it, the, the, the sound of Mandarin Chinese is not particularly pleasing to the ear, but I would argue that this really depends on the person who, who is speaking. There are uh, people who speak Mandarin Chinese, native speakers who have wonderful, wonderful Chinese. But in general, there, you know, we can argue that Mandarin Chinese is not the most pleasing language to the ear. Um, and there are other things, of course. The culture is very different. There are many parts of the culture that I just, I just cannot click with, no matter how hard I try. Uh, I, it's just, first of all, it's very distant from us, and second of all, there are a lot of things that I just don't like about the culture. So, in terms of me being ready to identify with the Chinese culture or the language, there's too much friction between between me and Chinese. And from their point of view, from their perspective, from the perspective of Chinese people, I don't, I just don't look Chinese. So they, as well as a tribe, like this figurative tribe, they have a problem accepting me. So there's a lot of friction both ways. And therefore, subconsciously, I just never or very rarely had this feeling that I had with Brazilian Portuguese just after a few minutes of listening to Brazilian talk shows, which was that I felt that, you know, I never felt Mandarin just ringing in my ears. I was never full of joy when I could imitate uh uh, you know, Mandarin Chinese speakers, uh, their their voices, their their uh, expressions, or their small movements or body movements, body language, whatever. I never felt I was I I never I never really felt like I'm attracted to that tribe. And I think uh, there is something very very deep going on in our heads when we are in these two situations. One, you are very. Um, willing to identify with a tribe and the other one when you're not I think that when you're willing to identify with a tribe you just learn so much because you want to be assimilated like I said you want to be you want to blend in into the crowd as much as you can so that you become the part of that tribe and accent language is a huge part of that body language culture you literally become a part of that organism and by if you want to do that your accent the language that you speak it has to be as close to native as as possible so that you blend in as well as you can and if you're willing to identify yourself this it's just there's no friction it happens so quickly it happens on so many levels most of it is going on subconsciously so so you don't even have to you have to go through much less effort to in order to do that and that's why i think by the way that little kids one of the reasons why little kids learn languages so quickly because when they're little they have very little reason to question anything you know like you put a child into absolutely any environment and the child will just pick up everything that it sees around itself and i think the reason is because it is ready to identify with that group without questioning why you know why should i let's say you put a child into uh, a group of uh, i don't know uh, uh, bank robbers 
and the child will just become a little bank robber. You know what I mean? But now I'm growing up. Uh, I have, I mean, I've spent a lot of time on this planet trying to figure this world out. I have my own set of rules, own set of values. And of course, I question a lot of things. So if you if you just tell me, all right, identify yourself with the Chinese folk, I have a problem with that because there are so many things that I disagree with. And I just, I feel like really, there's a lot of friction between me and that culture in order for me to just, just throw myself into it, you know, and uh, for this subconscious uh, l massive learning to happen, which happens when you are really, really willing to just just give yourself in into 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 the, into the tribe, and I was sort of it was a it was a nice and a sad discovery at the same time because I realized that one I will probably learn Brazilian Portuguese well and quickly if I decide to do so because I just feel so much attraction and love for it and I, I just feel good when I speak. Brazilian Portuguese, even if it's not good, it's just really nice to enunciate the words and and all that. And two, I will probably never learn Mandarin Chinese the way I would like to because, at at least at this point, I don't, I really don't feel like I want to associate with the tribe. Um, anyway, this is something that I wanted to share with you. Um, um, please feel feel free to write whatever you feel like writing in the comments and let me know what your ideas and opinions about this are. Uh, like I said, I can't really uh, promise that I will record another recording very quickly. I will rather record a recording in five months, but recording something that I feel is uh, interesting and has sort of value, you know, something that I would like to share, than recording a recording every week and forcing myself into it and talking about nothing. So thank you very much again for listening. I hope to see you soon, and I will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye.